and welcome to episode 310 of the Ask the Coach show where ping skills helps you improve your table tennis. I'm Jeff Plum and as always I'm joined by super coach Alois Rosario. Welcome Alois. Thank you Jeffrey and uh, yes good to be back at, uh, at another Ask the Coach show and uh, hopefully we will impart some pearls of wisdom. <laughs> that would be wonderful imparting some pearls of wisdom yes. <laughs> Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? <laughs> it would. Now, it's been a little while, Alois. Um, I've been busy studying. I've had heaps of assignments due, but I've finally got through them all. So, Good work. Um, Good yeah. work. yeah, thank yeah. you. So, so uh, high distinctions, Jeff? Is that what you're expecting? Uh, no. No, no. I'm, not, I'm not very good with the assignments, you know, lots of writing and, you know, lots of reflection. It's, it's I find that really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. But anyway. You're a maths man, I know, Jeff. <laughs> maths and IT, that's what I like. Yeah, black and white. Get it right. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I thought to get the show off on a really good note, I should tell a joke straight up, Alice. Um, Sure, Jeff. Go for <laughs> if you're Russian going into the restroom and finish <laughs> coming out, mm-hmm. what are you while you're in the restroom? Australian? No. European. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes. It's just just such a worldly joke, Alois. It it is a worldly joke, Jeff. (laughs) You know, I have to admit I'm actually almost smiling. (laughs) Yeah, I, 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 you know, I think it's a really good joke. You can tell it anywhere. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Or you might not tell it in case you get laughed at. Yeah. Anyway, now, Alois, we had in our last show a competition about the World Championships. Do you remember what that was all about? Oh, that was so long ago, Jeff. Yes, but I do. I do remember. Uh, So that was uh, a competition to pick who was going to finish in second place in the men's team's championships at the World Teams championships. It's an odd and, thing, isn't it, Alois? Who's going to come second? But we all knew China was going to win, didn't we? Let's be well, honest. Well, we sort of did. We, well, we got it right anyway, Jeff. This time, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, correct. I mean, China were the were the raging favourites as they always are in these teams events. So uh, we were looking for the second place uh, winners, and uh, and quite a few people got it right. And uh, of course, the the correct answer being that Germany. Uh, was the, uh, the winner of the silver medal at the team's championship. So so well done to all those people that got it right. And then you did your magic, Jeff. You um, you did the random draw, pressing the button. Absolutely. you came up with five winners. So who were they, Jeffrey? Uh, the five big winners were Masood Parko, number one, Gunnar Ostberg, second, Rex Bradburn, third, Andreas Simon, fourth, and Matt Sundin, fifth. Okay, that sounds like they're from uh, different parts of the world, which is good. Yes, so, and yes. Uh, we've all we've sent them out their T-shirt each, so um, I'm hoping they should get that in the next couple of days. Yeah. Okay, excellent. So, yeah, some, some Ping Skills T-shirts going out to those five winners. So, well done. And, uh, and thanks to everyone who entered as well. We had hundreds of entries, um, so... Through Jeff's magic um, selection button, those were the five that uh, were the winners. 
Yes, exactly. And um, yeah, if you've got any ideas uh, for our next competition, maybe send us an email or a tweet or whatever, whatever way you want. So many ways of communicating with people these days, Alois. It's it's amazing. Facebook. That's right. Or on uh, the Contact Us page, you can do that as well. Yes, exactly. Yep. Excellent. All right, Alois. Now, what is happening on this week? Yeah, so a couple of uh, couple of birthdays. So one is uh, a couple of days ago um, on the twenty seventh of May, uh, Chen Shin Tong. So she was born in nineteen ninety seven. Jeff. Oh, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. Wow. She's uh, twenty one years of age. So Chen Shin Tong's one of the one of the young um, Chinese women. And I really like uh, the way that she plays. I saw her at the Australian Open um, last year on the Gold Coast. And uh, she's uh, gone from strength to strength, including winning the Hungarian Open um, in uh, 2017 as well. So, um, and then, uh, yeah, she's, she's, she's I, I think, um, is one of the, stars of the future and I think you know one of the players that China is really looking to now take over from some of those older players like you know Ding Ning and uh, Liu Xi Wen yeah because you know, they've been around for a while and and China tends to you know push through the new players fairly quickly compared to maybe the European countries yeah so yeah so watch out for the name Chen Xintong um as I said uh yeah um a real up and comer, and um, while I was you know doing a bit of research on Chen Xingtong, I've I had a look at the ITTF website that have now got a reasonable sort of uh, data profiles on um, or player profiles on each of the players. So um, you can check that out as well um, on the ITTF site. So you know it tells me that she's played 193 matches and she's uh, 168 with 25 losses, so it's an 87% win rate. Um, and in the current year, she's played uh, 18 matches with a 78% uh, win-loss uh, record. So, yeah, some some reasonable sort of stats there on the ITTF side as well. So, uh, so well done, ITTF, trying to make some improvements to uh, to the site. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that sort of those sort of statistics. Excellent. Not so not so much the airy fairy uh, reflections, Jeff. But you that's do right. Like statistics. I know that. <laughs> Give us some numbers. <laughs> yeah and the, and the other birthday um, is another young player this time from uh south korea is cho sung min um having the same birthday but uh he is just 20 years of age so uh, another another up and coming young youngster on the on the world scene so cho sung min um happy birthday to you too for a couple of days ago very good and, and then a couple of Aussies, Jeff, that I'll just throw in. So Nicholas Lum, a youngster, born in 05. When's that? Nobody was born in 2005. That's ridiculous. No, no, no one can hold a table tennis back, surely. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so what does that make him? 13 years of age, and uh, he's a real up-and-coming star in, um, in Australian table tennis. So watch out for the name Nicholas Lum. And then one of your old friends, Jeff, Darren Webb. Yes, good old Webby. Um, yeah. Happy birthday, Webby. Happy birthday to you, Webby, wherever you are in the world. Was in China at one stage teaching Chinese. Um, or was he t- English? Or I guess he wasn't teaching Chinese people Chinese. <laughs> English, I don't know. What were you doing, Webby? But, uh, yeah. so but, but I think he teaches Chinese now here, doesn't he? 
Oh, who knows? Who, who knows? knows? <laughs> but yeah, he's uh, 43 oh, years of age. <laughs> I played doubles with uh, Webby for quite a few years. There you go. Well, there you go. Some some personal birthdays and uh, some superstars on or up and coming superstars on the world scene. Yeah, Both awesome. Best. What a good segment that was. Jack. Oh, it's it just really, really good. Just entertaining, <laughs> some humour thrown in. Uh, you, you won't get a better segment than that. No, exactly. That's what I thought too, Jeff. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's move on to a nearly as good segment. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the tournament sure. wrap. Now, we the talked about this wrap. in the competition. We already gave away the fact that China won, but yeah, there were some yeah. interesting results here. Yeah, it was um, it was a good it was a good event, and I think you know it's one of the one of the big events on the ITTF uh, world scene. Germany Germany did end up uh, coming second, but gee, there were a lot of um, close ones and hiccups along the way. So uh, so it was a really good um, uh, team event, I think, in in that regard. Um, in third place was uh, Korea. And a few people in our competition picked Korea to uh, to take the silver, but they just missed out. Um, and uh, Sweden, the you know the home team, also finishing with a bronze medal. So that was huge for the uh, the uh, Swedish team on home soil. Yeah, Picking it must up. have been a while since Sweden have performed so well in the World Championships. Yeah, absolutely. They they'll be uh, they'll be wanting to host the World Championships every year now. <laughs> so, yeah, and we know that we know that England uh, previously, you know, did really well on their home soil as well. So uh, there is a lot to be said for having that home ground advantage. England this time um, fin- finished in the quarterfinals. So uh, again, a, a good a good solid performance by them. Yes, and uh, yeah. So uh, and then the, do you want to move on to the women's, or you want to talk about some of your favourite results, or? Oh, whatever you want, Jeff. Um, I reckon, uh, <laughs> the the women's the women's was all um, interesting as well. Um, so again, China was the winner. So you know, and we, I suppose you you can't really go past the strength of these Chinese teams nowadays. You know, they're just uh, every now and then they'll have a little bit of a lull. You know, one player might lose, but. You know, with a, with a team of Chen Meng, Ding Ning, Lu Xi Wen, Wang Man Yu, and Zhu Yu Ling, you know, I mean, how do you beat that? Yeah. That. Um, so Japan ended up taking the silver medal um, with Ishikawa, Miyu Hirano, Mima Ito, Hina Hayata, and Miyu Nagasaki, but really just not um, not up to uh, up to the strength of the Chinese team. Yeah. And we saw in the Commonwealth Games, the Indian team performed incredibly, incredibly well. Um, and how did they fare moving on to the world stage? Yeah, they, they did pretty well. So um, let me just check the uh, the men's results. But the men finished, oh, where are we? Um, yeah, 13th. So uh, with a rank of 13, which means they, um, yeah, they lost before the quarterfinals but but yeah you know, again they had some really close uh, close matches you know losing 3-2 and 3-2 in the deciding match um, etc so um, yeah so they they they've done well and you know we have um, been ha- had an eye out on the, the Indians for a while but um, yeah I think uh, you know come 
uh, come the next couple of world championships, I think we'll see some even better things from them. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. and the other the other big story, I suppose, from uh, the uh, world championships was the Korean women's team uh, combining. Yes. So that's interesting, controversial. Um, not sure whether I like it exactly, but... Um, you know, being a being a rules person and a black and white person, um, I think um, yeah, it was interesting. So so what happened was uh, the uh, North and South Korea were drawn to play each other, and what they did was they came out, um, saluted the crowd um, together, and then announced that they were going to move forward as a combined team. Um, Definitely not part of the rules, I would say, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Let's just call it a draw and move forward. I like it, Alloys. I think, you know, next time yeah. Australia comes up against China, we should yeah. just implement this rule and let's just let's just go forward as a yeah. combined China-Australia team. Yeah, good idea. And uh, I'll, jump in. I'll jump in that team if you like. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'll be part of it. <laughs> uh, no, it's just me, Jeff, sorry. Oh, come on. Yeah. So... Uh, it's myself and um, and Ma Long and Zhu Zin and uh, Fan Zendong um, yeah. and and you miss out, sorry. But um, <laughs> and, uh, and do you think you'll actually get a game? Um, I, I reckon the closest thing I'll get to a game is at night we might play some Monopoly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, but uh, yeah, interesting and yeah, as read read a lot about it uh, with some mixed reviews, but you know, I, I like the sentiment of it. Um, as far as a world championships, you know, I think um, it just sort of undermines the the integrity of the competition a little bit. Um, I mean, the, I suppose the thing is though that uh, that all the South Korea, the top three South Korean players were ranked ahead of the first um, North Korean player. So by combining, they have actually um, uh, reduced the. Um, the strength of the team. So, you know, in that way, I guess it's, it's, it's okay, but yeah, it's interesting, interesting choice. Well, famously Alois, they did play as a United Korea previously, but that was all decided before the competition. And, um, that's right. Yeah. That was in 1991 in Japan. Yeah. They, they moved, uh, yeah, they, before the, event they decided that uh, both the men's and the women's teams were going to um, have a combined north and south korean teams and that was i I think that was good uh, because you're going into the championships and their opponents are going into the championships um knowing what's uh what's what but uh yeah exactly yeah event uh yeah interesting yeah exactly yeah so well some controversy there um and yeah i mean like you said hopefully the sentiment you know, well, the sentiment was good. So, um, but yeah, I, I overall I didn't like it a lot. But <laughs> do it, do it beforehand. But yeah. Um, anyway, that right. was so that was the world championships, Alois. Yeah, that was the world t- championships. So, yep, done for another week. Awesome. Uh, another, another year. <laughs> done. Another year. Not, yeah, not, not another week. Gosh. Well, were well, the World week. Championships done for another two years, in fact. Right, exactly. <laughs> world Teams. So, yeah, so the um, the World Championships alternate. One one year they have the World Teams and the next year they have the World Individuals and they alternate in that 
uh, in that way. So, so next year, World Individual Championships. All right. Now, Alois, moving on to the trill of the week. You know, last time we did talk about, you know, watching good players. Yeah, exactly. So your uh, the trill of the week last time was was about watching the best players and how beneficial that is for you. And uh, we set you the task of watching at least one match um, at the World Championship. So hopefully you were able to do that. And, you know, even if you're not sitting there and analysing it, um, just being able to watch the best players in the world uh, play, just get some good images laid down in your brain. Um, so, um, yeah, so always take that opportunity whenever you can to just watch the best players. Just you'll see correct technique and you're more likely to be able to copy it. If you've never seen correct technique, um, then it is difficult to to know what to do. So, um, yeah, so make sure you set yourself that goal and and uh, and go out and just watch watch some better players. You know, and if if you find it difficult to watch um, the better players, I mean, it's pretty easy nowadays. You know, just jump on YouTube. But if you do find that difficult, I mean, go down to a local club. You know, watch the better players at the local club and just see what they're doing as well. Yeah, and I think. I think you should try and do both. Like you said, Alois, like watching on TV or on YouTube is just awesome. Like the fact that we can do that. But it's also good to get down to the club and, you know, see it like live and really close. So, yeah, I think that's a that's a really good step as well. Good good tip, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. So, well, so moving on to the, the trill of this week. Yep. The tip is to think more about the long term. Um, so often with our table tennis, we're so caught up in the, the day-to-day and the week-to-week that we sometimes just forget to just sit down and think about what you want to do in the long term. You know, I mean, you you lose a, a match at your local league um, in one week and all you're focused on is, oh, yeah, I lost that match because this guy was doing this serve and, and um, you know, then you set yourself your task of trying to improve that one little aspect, and that's good. But you sometimes then lose sight of the the long term and the things that you want to improve long term to to really make your game uh, lift to that next level. Yeah. So, yeah. So the the drill for this week is to just sit down, think about what you want your game to look like in. 12 months, 24 months, um, whatever it is, you know, it might even be in five years' time what you want your game to look like. And then set yourself uh, the task of working out how you're going to work towards that. You know, so not just thinking about how I'm going to return that guy's serve that I missed, but thinking about, okay, how am I going to improve the strength of my forehand or the strength of my backhand or how am I going to improve my serves to a level that, they're going to look more like Fen Zendong Dong than uh, than uh, than you know uh, what they do now. Yeah. So just just work um, a little bit more in the long term and and have a bit more vision uh, for your game. Yeah, so that was that was a good example. So yeah, I want to improve the strength of my forehand. Um, what are some other things? Like, could you like say I want to be tactically better, or or is it maybe like I want to have a better short game? Or are they sort of good things to focus on? Yeah, I, th- I think all of those things are good to focus on, Jeff. I think, you know, the more you watch the better players, the more ideas you'll also get. Mm. So, you know, if you if you see um, 
one of the better players doing a shot that you think, oh, my goodness, you know, what was that and how good was that? You know, think, well, is that something that might be possible for me? Um, Can I, uh, yeah, can I work towards that as well? Excellent. All right. Well, uh, everybody, get out there this week and uh, and give these give some thought to that and um, yeah, start planning for the future. I like it. All right. Let's move on to some questions, Alois. Uh, yes, indeed. After all, that's what this show is named after. Yes, exactly. What, what is it? <laughs> Ask the coach. That's yeah. right. It's not called joke of the week, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. yeah all right um you know my son has suggested that we release a separate podcast just with the jokes of the week so that people can avoid it (laughs) that's that's an excellent idea see i always knew your sons were were very clever (laughs) oh dear all right uh first question alois is from chandra chur he says the start. He, it... he often asks good good questions, by the way, Jeff. Yeah, Jim. yeah, I like his questioning. Um, he says the start position and the finish position of the backhand topspin you have mentioned in the tutorial seem to work great only when the ball's in front of the body. But if the ball is just a little bit left of the body, he's a right hander. He goes, I find it very awkward to do the backhand topspin shot with these start and finish positions. So he goes, he knows it'll be solved if he gets into a better position. But he wants to verify if we can hit a ball that's only a little bit to the left of the body by making any modifications to the stroke. So, um, yeah. Do you have any advice for Chandra Chur? Yeah, I do. Awesome. Um, so, as, um, as Chan- he also mentioned, that you know, you, you can first, I mean, firstly focus on moving your feet into position, obviously. So, that's, that's your ultimate aim is to, to just make those little um, movement adjustments so that you can get into position. But... As you know, that's not always possible. And do you know what I find, Alois? I don't know why this is, but I find that it's much easier to get into position on the forehand than on the backhand. Mm, I, yeah, I find that too. I, I think um, it's not so much the position. I think it's it's easier to adjust your hand and your arm. Um, mm. with the, so if there's, you know, if you're not quite in position, it's a little bit easier to just extend your arm, um, you know, out or in. Uh, to make that uh, forehand stroke. Whereas with the backhand, yes, I, I find the same thing. You know, if the ball isn't exactly in the slot, then uh, it's a little bit harder to to make that subtle adjustment with the arm. You know, I think eventually um, it shouldn't be the case. But, yeah, I definitely find, uh, find the same thing, Jeff. Mm. So, yeah, so initially, you know, you do definitely want to try to move into position. And just make those small adjustments all the time, just little jump, little jump, left, right, forwards, backwards to to get the ball in the slot. But ultimately, um, you can't always be in good position. And so what you do need to uh, do is work on that adaptation. So work on being able to just hit the ball from a little bit outside to the right, to the left, whatever it is. Um, And the main thing there is to then focus on your bat angle and the, the the path of your bat moving the same way as it would if as if the ball was right in front of you. So if you imagine what the bat the, the stroke looks like when that ball is directly in front of you, and then try to replicate that with the ball slightly to the side, left, right, or even forwards and backwards. 
Um, and I think, you know, we, we talk a lot about that finish position, but it's that finish position is really crucial. So even if you can get that bat out to the right of fraction, and if you can finish um, with the bat in uh, a similar position, you'll find that you'll start to get um, a more consistent stroke. You know, the, the best players in the world can do that really well because they've hit so many balls and they've also hit so many balls from um, subtly different positions as well. And then they've got the ability and the feel to be able to make those subtle adjustments with their hand to, uh, to get that ball on the table. Excellent. All right. So hopefully that helps you out, Chandra Chur. Um, yeah, work on making those subtle adjustments. Now, um, the next question is from Josh, who wants to know, again, on the backhand side, Alois, he goes, with my backhand, I can easily hit back a fastball and guide it back. Uh, but say it's a slower and even maybe a higher ball, I'm not very good at attacking that. So any shot that would help me attack those slower balls is what Josh wants to, to know, Alois. Yeah, so um, so those slower balls, you know, we, we, we do talk about it a little bit here. You know, sometimes the slower is more difficult than the faster because, as you say, those faster ones that comes to you, you just react, you just block it back or or spin it back. The slower ones, sometimes you have a little bit too much time to think about. So there's a few options with that slower ball. So one is to just block the ball. Um, the second one is to uh, punch the ball. So, you know, just, just really come through and hit that ball flat and fast. And then the third one is to counter spin the ball. So just really spin over the top of that ball and generate your own spin and speed. Um, all of those are reasonable options. And just depending on uh, what type of ball is going to be effective against the player that you're playing at the time. Um, some crucial things with it, though. Um, one is to make sure you're just waiting for that ball to, to come into the slot, like we talked about in the previous question. So don't reach out the the tendency when that ball's moving slower is for your hand and your back to move out away from your body um, and then you're in a position um, in a foreign position that is harder so let that ball come to you or move in closer to the table so then you're hitting that ball um, in a similar position all the time yeah you just seem to lose a bit of control if you're reaching too far out don't you and you yeah yeah yeah, so similar to what we talked about in the previous question, you know, whether it's left or right or even forwards or backwards, um, yeah, you, you tend to lose that control. So um, yeah, so ideally get yourself, get that ball into the into the right spot, and then you've got those three options: you know, the block, the punch, or the counter spin. Awesome. All right. Uh, Nick, uh, yes. Sorry, we've actually got a video on uh, on that um, how to counter the slow spinny top spin. So uh, we'll put a link. Um, in the show notes so you can go and have a look at that video as well excellent point um good all right um and next up is a question from dib who says i've got some tournaments coming up which i really need to do well in and one thing i notice with tournaments however is that i always burn out too early and end up losing my momentum what can i do to increase my performance and fitness so that i can play full day tournaments without burning out at the beginning yeah, great. Uh, great question, Dib. And firstly, well done on playing tournaments. Again, this is a thing that we really do encourage um, players to do, um, to get out there, play some tournaments, because it does open up your eyes to uh, to a broader world of table tennis. And you'll get just get a chance to see 
Um, usually some better players. Um, you'll also get a chance to play against different styles to what you're used to as well. So so that's uh, first thing for you, Dib. Good work. Um, the second thing is trying to you know maintain your level during the tournament. There's a couple of important things. One is making sure that you take lots of rest breaks during the tournament. So often tournaments are run in a way that you don't really know when you're going to play. And it's a matter of just waiting to be called. So in those times when you're not playing, uh, make sure, one, that you are having a, a little bit of a hit in the practice just to keep warm, but then also just making sure you're resting uh, in between. So, you know, often um, at tournaments you'll get excited and you go and you'll play and play and do lots of different things and, um, you know, you might even just stay on the table all day. Um, and then, as you find, by the end of the day, that you do get very tired. So conserve your energy. And this, the other thing is to make sure you are preparing well uh, with your nutrition. Um, again, the the days tend to last quite long um, and you don't know when you're playing. So make sure that you're eating regularly and just eating small um, uh, amounts regularly during the day so that any time you're called that you um, – are ready to go and then when you get to the end of the day you have you, you're not finding that you've uh, got to the end of the day and you've eaten really poorly you've got no energy left in your body um, so make sure you're fueling well drink water um, you know you might want to drink um, a little bit of a sports drink type of thing as well but um, yeah but make sure you're well fueled up excellent great advice Alois all right now next up is a question about backing up from the table, Alois. And um, now it says, I'm confused as to when players back up from the table and how quickly. Obviously, you back up when expecting hard shots from your opponent, but exactly how and at what point to move backwards is very unclear to me. So what do you think about this question, Alois? Yeah, it's um, that, that that is a difficult one because you... It's something that you only get with a little bit of experience. So, Donald, um, you, what you need to do is play a lot, firstly. But you, uh, you've got the basic idea, you know. So when, when that ball's up a bit higher uh, and you s see that they're going to play a stronger shot or you know that they've got a strong topspin, um, then that's when you just start to move back a little bit away from the table. When you've made a better stroke, you've made a shorter ball or um, you put a lot of backspin and it's in a difficult position, you know, that's when you can move in and prepare yourself to make um, an attacking shot yourself. A lot of the feel for this does just come with uh, experience and, you know, a little bit of um, knowing your opponent as well. Uh, so no simple answer, but it is a, ma a matter of, you know, reading the play. I guess... The other thing to to think about is just how well you're watching the ball and how well you're concentrating during the rally. So you know if you um, if you aren't watching the ball, if you aren't getting the information about um, you know how high the ball is, uh, what your opponent's doing as far as you know, is he got a big wind up or um, or is he struggling to reach the ball? Um, if you if you haven't got that information, then you're going to make some bad decisions as well. So so just watching the ball um, is important too. Yeah, and then just in terms of the tactics of it, I mean, it's kind of a bit of risk versus reward. The, if you go back further, you're going to have more time, but you're going to give your opponent more time. So if you if you stay close to the table, then if you actually 
watch the ball well and are able to block it back, then it might get you back into the rally. Um, so, so there's all those tactics to think about as well. And also, you never see someone just like turn around and just sprint to the back of the table. In between each shot, you're only going to move like a certain distance forward and back. You're not going to be like five meters just in between each shot that you change uh, generally. Yeah, that's right. So unless, you know, the ball has gone off the top edge of your racket or something when you're blocking, um, you know, that's the only time you're probably going to be sprinting backwards. But yeah, you're <laughs> right. So there's just just those subtle little changes in your body position all the time. And you're also doing that left and right. Um, you know, so if, you, if you're hitting the ball um, deep into their backhand corner, you're going to cover the cross court a little bit more. Um, yeah. So... So it's just a, it's just a constant little um, adjustment of your body position backwards, forwards, left, right, um, dependent on uh, the the stroke that you've played. Yeah, great question, Donald. So yeah, so next time you're out, just try and focus a little bit on how far away you are from the table, and if you know someone hits a fast ball past you, then you can maybe think, oh, maybe I should have been just like a, a little step back. Um, yeah, just start to take notice. Um, and it's good that you're questioning these things because that's how you learn and that's how you get better. So um, always keep questioning things, Donald. All right, Alois. That is a pretty good show, I must say. It's kicking it off with, you know, a really good joke of the day and then just, you know, building throughout to... to I'm, glad you said, I'm glad you said building throughout, Jeff. So that was was definitely the low point. (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for laughing at the joke of the day, which I'm sure they did, Alois. And uh, thanks, everyone, for your questions. Make sure you check out pingskills.com and good luck with your table tennis. Thank you, Alois. Thanks, Jeff. Bye, listeners. Bye.